Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to a brand new episode of the cast. In light of recent headlines and events, we felt like it was timely and appropriate to address the topic of accountability. From varying types and degrees to even common misunderstandings, our hope is to objectively define and demonstrate the need for accountability in the lives of all who profess to follow God as their Lord and Savior. That's right, guys. It's great to be with you again, and thank you for joining us. And as Josh said, it's accountability. And man, what a topic. Honestly, I was I was taken off guard, Josh, as I got into the study because um, there seems to be a lot more thoughts on this than I initially thought yeah. <laughs> as I jumped into this. Um, there, there seems to be a real modern divide that's it's just a lot bigger than I realized. Yeah, for sure. Because when I first suggested this, I was like, this is a pretty simple one, but it's yeah. it's necessary to address. Yeah. And then the further that we dug, it was like, oh my gosh, there is a very divided footprint on this. And you know, we've always seen the crowd that rallies around Matthew 7, 1, don't judge lest you be judged. And then we have the crowd that champions 20 verses down from that that's, oh yes, but we should be fruit inspectors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's familiar. We've seen that ebb and flow over the years, but I really got a vibe in this study that many heels have been dug into the dirt. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that probably do understand a healthy biblical balance on accountability, but I found that there's also a lot of people that don't. Yes. And that makes us a a pretty important episode, honestly. Yeah, for real. So I'm really glad we're doing this topic because it's so important for all of us to be on the giving and receiving end of accountability because from basically what I saw, too many people will define the word accountability as judgment. Okay. Is is a lot that I saw. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, definitions, shall we? I, <laughs> it's the first place I went. <laughs> okay. You know what? Actually, you, you do the defining. Okay. All right. So it's an obligation. Accountability is an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or account for one's own actions. Or simply put, it's being responsible for one's actions. Yeah. All right. That's, that's it. I mean, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's not really hard to define, but I, the way that it's morphed, I'm going to say this, I believe that people resist accountability because it's been misrepresented in the past, much like a very familiar word uh, that we know in the Bible also called submit. Yeah. You know, and you have that verse where Paul says, wives submit to your husbands. Yeah. And all of a sudden you feel like this, you know, slowed neck turn. Uh, <laughs> what? Male piggery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which they don't realize that a few verses earlier, it says, uh, submit yourselves to the Lord. Husbands submit yourselves as unto your, unto the Lord. And, yeah. you know, I think unfortunately there's, you know, when you talk about the misunderstandings, there's been a lot of abuse of this accountability word. There has. There's a lot. And I'm, we're going to get into it. This is one of those episodes, guys, that a lot of times I come to the, the study with a very structured notes and everything, but there's just so much to talk about. There's a, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of batting back and forth with mm-hmm. me and Josh here because um, 
there's a lot of, of viewpoints on this. And I know there's a lot of people that have been hurt by their churches, by fellow brothers. Maybe there's someone your whole life that has always Bible thumped you mm-hmm. and, and thrown this, this huge trip of, um, you're accountable. You do this, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to get into a lot of that. A lot of things that, that are just leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into all that, but um, not to just jump into the dark right off the, you know, <laughs> the, the onset here. Um, I, I'll start us off with um, three entities that we're accountable to ourselves, God and others. And I said ourselves first because while we're alive, we've been given the free will to choose what direction our lives take, whether a believer or not. I'm kind of taking this out of the spiritual realm in the sense that um, we're accountable for our own lives. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be a lot of talk I hear these days where the fingers always, you know, it's pointed at someone else for the, the circumstances we face. And I don't believe that we're predestined by God, government, or anyone else in the sense of eliminating self-responsibility, mm. self-accountability. Um, if you haven't noticed, there's a major problem that has surfaced in society these days where people have lost all understanding of personal accountability, personal mm-hmm. responsibility. So um, that's that's one thing I thought of in accountability is we got to hold ourselves accountable for decisions we make. And that, that would lead to the decision of, of accepting Christ, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and, and even if you choose not to accept Christ, we're still going to be held accountable by God. That's true. Well, when you say to ourselves, it's kind of like saying accountability is not an unfamiliar concept. It's it's age old. It's how we're judged on a daily basis, whether it's at home or work or school. Someone is always keeping us accountable in some form or fashion. Did you do your work? Mm-hmm. Did you do your schoolwork? Yeah. You know, um, have you paid your rent? <laughs> Whatever that might be. That's all accountability in some form or fashion. Yeah, exactly. So. That, that's that's one thing that we're all familiar with um, since we're children, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then we're, we're going to be accountable before God in the decisions we make every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that we ever live in a spirit of fear, but our walk with God and the decisions we make within that walk um, are areas we'll have to give an account for. Matthew twelve thirty six says, I, I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for in the day of judgment. Mm. Um, it's very sobering. Romans fourteen twelve. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Yeah. You know, and I came across that verse myself as well. And I really enjoyed, um, the illustration that I came up with cause I'm so smart. I'll do <laughs> no. it, do it. Take it. <laughs> Is it's, um, kind of like when I was in high school and I threw shot put and discus, I showed up with a team that competed on the track field. Okay. But at the end of the day, I was competing for individual results as well as team results. Okay. And so I feel like there is that aspect of not only working within the the confines of a team, but you're also working for individual standards as well. Oh, that's a good point. And so, I mean... That's the whole, um, you know, salvation is a very personal thing, but then yes. there's the body of Christ yes, as well. exactly. Oh, yeah. So you're, like you're pushing forward for two purposes. Yeah. But at the end, you know, Paul says, run the race because only one gets the prize, even yeah. though y'all showed up as a team. Well, that's a perfect lead into the next one, which is others. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, 
And on this one, even for the unbeliever, there are areas uh, where our decisions do affect other people and we're accountable to them, uh, whether we want to be or not, mm-hmm. for, for certain decisions. And uh, I would say for the believer especially, though, yeah, uh, believers are deeply connected to each other in the body of Christ. And, and just like if we were to see a piece of our own physical body in the path of danger— um, we say, get away from the fire, you know, to my mm-hmm. arm. Of course, I don't want to get burned. We should protect the members of Christ as if they were one of our own limbs. If yes. you think about it in that in that respect. And, and if nothing else, take it from the word of an amputee. You want to protect your, your members of your body. You just do. So <laughs> that's one way to think of it. <laughs> oh, man. Being a Lord of the Rings fan, I always remember the old school uh, cartoons that sang the song Frodo of the Nine Fingers. And I couldn't help but think of Stephen of the Nine and a half toes. <laughs> it's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to post a picture on social media one day of this toe. Yeah. 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 It, it only if we have consent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't have a handicap sticker, unfortunately, but uh, I, I live with it. It's my cross to bear, Josh. <laughs> Total joking. All right. Let's, let's get back on topic here. Um, so yeah, those those are three things that I thought I'd kick us off with. Is just um, three entities we're accountable to ourselves, God, and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Josh? I wanted to ask why is it important? Why is accountability important? And I think a lot of this we're going to kind of rehash some of the things we're going to cross paths as we talk about it. But what I found is accountability as a believer is important because it removes the element of isolation from the Christian walk. The Bible reminds us through many verses that we are stronger with a companion and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We find that in Ecclesiastes chapter four. Uh, Jesus sent out his disciples in pairs. Hebrews 10 says, consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. James in chapter five, verse 16 goes on to say, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And I mean, the, the clear evidence that I've seen in the time that I've been a believer is that Christians who attempt to walk with God entirely on their own or who do not want to be accountable to a brother or a sister for their words or actions are not walking the walk that God has called them to. Yes, we're ultimately accountable to God. We just talked about that, but we are also the body of Christ for a reason, and there should be no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. That's such a profound point. Mm-hmm. That is a huge one. Um, as you were talking about that, one thing that that I thought of is since COVID hit, a lot of people weren't able to go to church. They did the mm-hmm. whole online thing. And I know um, a, a few different brothers or sisters that have um, really taken a liking to not going to church mm-hmm. anymore. And they, they've they made a, a choice now not to go to church. And it's it's an online thing. It's a, it's a Lone mm-hmm. Ranger Christian thing, yeah. like you just said. And I have noticed a huge difference in in how they act as a Christian. Oh, man. And it was something you said one time, you've said it a few times, and it's always stuck with me, and I don't know why. I, I honestly at first didn't even know if I agreed with it, but mm-hmm. the more I've, I've thought about it, I, I think I do. And it's that one thing that you've noticed with people that stop attending church or do this Lone Ranger Christian thing is that their doctrine starts to wander. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I don't, I don't know if that, that's, I don't know if there's a correlation <laughs> there, but... 
I think there is. Yeah. I, and obviously you've seen it, and now I've seen it too. Yeah. And so that that is a great point to point out that it, um, we are accountable to one another because iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. We're accountable to one another because, like you said, it's what God's called us to. Mm-hmm. And how do we grow if all we if all we have is, is just just the spiritual realm and our relationship with God with no physical brothers and sisters to sharpen against? Yeah, yeah, no community. Yeah, and I I do. I've seen a falling away of people that haven't returned to any type of Zoom fellowship mm-hmm. or a small group or even just corporate worship on Sunday or Wednesday. Yeah. And it's sad. And, and as you said that, I'm like, I've reviewed that for myself. Cause I mean, unfortunately, as long as I'd been in ministry, I'd met a lot of Lone Ranger Christians that are like, well, I've been out there for a long time on my own. And yeah. 99.9% of the time, as you're talking to them, you start to get strange vibes from some of their doctrine. And yeah, and it just happens. I don't know why it happens. It's kind of yeah. like, it's like the sheep that wanders off and refuses to get um, sheared. <laughs> and then they come in and they're just this absolute unit of wool. And it's a total dreadlock sheep. Yes, exactly. And you're like, oh my gosh, life must have been terrible like that. But they have nothing, um, no one there to prune them, no one there to to check against. and To grow with them yes, too. Yeah. yeah and, it's a... you know, they're out of the they're out of the shepherd's grasp in in that analogy which yeah. they're not as a as a christian you know but i definitely don't believe that they're calling the way that god uh, commanded them to walk yeah well and that's one thing we could point out right here too um is that accountability is not a one-way street no i think for a lot of people that have done that whole wandered off and were a lone ranger is because they're um their exposure to accountability was a one-way street yeah, and that pushed them away. Well, having you say that, do you want to go into some of the, I guess, dark side? Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what the rest of my notes are. Okay. So, <laughs> but that, that is, it's a good point because, um, if, if all you've ever been is exposed to accountability in the sense that it's somebody saying, uh, that putting this on you, it, it, it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. It's an iron sharpens iron type yes. of deal. And so that's the good accountability that we're that we're called to. Yeah. And so we're gonna get into um, we're gonna get into all this stuff. I did have next um, a lot of the believers we've seen publicly fall because of lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. Do we want to go? Let's do that. Okay. So only you know only God knows the heart of a person. But but one question. Um, that I ask myself because we have seen a lot of of high profile um, pastors, um, you know, preacher rock stars. Some people call them whatever. Fall, and a lot of the reason is because of the lack of, of accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and one question I keep asking myself in regard to these these high profile people in ministry was: Were these people frauds from the start, or were they attacked spiritually in in the areas they preach so hard against? Mm-hmm. Lured away yeah. by Satan, because I, I know that there's cases where there's people that are frauds from the start, and they they fall because that's the natural result of being a fraud. But um, I believe that Satan lures a lot of people away, and his number one avenue to do that is in a an atmosphere where there's no accountability. Yeah. Um, and one thing that that I I thought would be important is to to understand accountability. I think we should understand how sin works. 
Um, in James chapter 1, we see that, that sin is, uh, is something that starts very small, and we're lured away and enticed by it. Then it starts to grow into a form that takes over you. And I, I'm going to go here um, because it's something that's happened recently, but if you're not familiar with it, um, Ravi Zacharias mm-hmm. is a big story right right now. Uh, has been for for a little bit, and uh, he there's there's a scandal going on. And a recent interview with Josh McDowell, he was asked about that recent scandal with with Ravi and the deeply troubling investigation um, of man. Uh, we, don't Josh, have, we don't have to judge. We, it yeah, out. we're not gonna tell you, but it, it it's bad. It's bad. And um, someone asked him, just like I've thought of, was Ravi a fraud from the start or was he lured away? And his response was related to James 1, um, where we allow sin to grow and it starts to take over. And he said that um, it, when it gets to a certain level, uh, sin isn't just a part of you anymore, but it becomes you. Hmm. And man, that hit me hard when when I heard that. I, Ravi's someone I've respected for so long. And, yeah. and to think that that was him. Wow. Um, and, and this is where scriptures like like Hebrews six and Second Peter two start to come into a scary focus because we realize just like Esau, who for a single meal sold his birthright, we too can get entangled in such a way that we don't know how to repent of sin mm-hmm. uh, because sin becomes us. And so that's why this episode is so important because if we have accountability set in place then we have firewalls. We have safeguards to help us pull back from the edge before these horrendous things can can start. Yes, yeah. And at some point, you wonder, why didn't you have these safeguards in place when you know you're such a high-profile target to yeah. the enemy? You know, and I, I ask myself, is at what point, what when do you start rejecting accountability? Because... Yeah. Um, in Ravi's case, he went. He purposely went around the things that RZIM had in place yeah. for their employees, and and he was above it all. And I think that you know, in terms of um, the high profile cases that we see, unfortunately, those are such a black eye to the church. For uh, every one of those that we see, there's probably a hundred or more um, low profile that we never hear about. Oh, true. That happen within a local church or a local city, you know, a small fellowship that we're, our hearts are breaking because at every turn, what it's doing is it's giving the enemy um, a place to stand and look at and laugh at the church. And it gives people that are detractors already more of a reason to say, that's the reason I don't believe. That's the reason that I'm not going to that church. Yeah. Another high profile one recently was Carl Lentz. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's coming out that he has been unfaithful to his wife and there's a lot of um, questions about expenditures and everything. And, you know, you think about the stock market and these banks and it's like too big to fail. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what happens in the hearts of prideful men going, oh, I'm never going to I'm never going to falter because, you know, I'm running too hard. But I think what happens is when we reject accountability, we develop blind spots. Yeah, and that's true. What partners are supposed to do and what partners are able to do is identify those blind spots in your life yeah. and call you out on them. Exactly, because if not, it, it that's what that's how sin works. It's yeah. small and it yeah. goes. You know, one thing I, I I keep noticing is that these people of ministry fall in the very areas that they preach mm. so hard against. Yeah. 
And I asked myself, is this the evidence of the heart of Satan, where he slowly lures the Christian to a place where they're uh, passionately against, and the chips just you know, chips away at their conscience until they give? Mm-hmm. Um, an example of this, Ravi was one, uh, a pastor for, for years who preached adamantly against premarital sex, adultery, and gay marriage in 2006 was was um, caught to have been practicing in a, in a homosexual relationship the entire time he was with his wife. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, 2016, there was another pastor who was famous for a homeschooling ministry and was found to have molested over 30 women, including underage girls, for years. And I wonder, uh, you you know, this this is related to accountability because um, if they were frauds or not, proper accountability would have stopped these things. Would have put that a a check on it, yeah. Yeah, and so, and like you said, people hear those, and we don't, we're not trying to air dirty laundry here, um, but but we got to talk about it. I mean, this is a topic, and and accountability is is a major um, remedy to to that type of thing that can happen. Well, and I heard in Billy Graham's ministry that there were some pretty, I guess you would say outdated uh, rules that they kind of had for him in terms of safeguards. Yeah. Like, I think the floor of the hotel that he slept on didn't have um, women booked in the, any of the rooms on that floor oh. because he was wanting to uh, be above reproach. Yeah. And while that might sound kind of old timey again to some, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing because... In the in the time since Billy Graham has passed, we have not heard any red flags about his conduct in ministry. That's true. And you know what? Maybe there's something in Billy Graham that he saw in himself mm-hmm. that he was like, "This needs to be the case." And you know, um, Vice President Pence under Trump, this this previous presidency, he had the same philosophy. I never get in a car alone mm-hmm. or in a room alone with a woman. He got reamed for that. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Oh, this is a male chauvinistic idea." Yeah, this is, guys. This is a safeguard. Yes, that's that wasn't a bad thing. No, and and I I get where some people could say that, but I love the response that I've heard of another person who received that same criticism. Is he said, "No, I'm doing this to honor my wife." Yeah, and if you call that male chauvinistic, I don't know what well, leg you stand on. Well, that's the case. Yeah, yeah, there too. Um, so you know that that leads to to looking at transparency, which I think is the number one characteristic we should force ourselves to build mm-hmm. in our lives is transparency. Uh, if, if we're transparent with our sin, with the areas that we look into ourselves and we're like, hey, I'm going to be honest here. I struggle with this. Yes. Um, if we're transparent in that way, then we'll automatically have people noticing um, when it's taking over us. And it doesn't mean that we have to shout it from the rooftops every time we stumble. But we should have people in our lives that can spot that mm-hmm. and, and see, and you're already transparent. They know it's there. And if they see you going off, family, a close brother or sister, people can call you out, not yeah. in a bad way, but say, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm seeing this in you. And uh, I, that's a big one. Uh, obviously, guys with guys, girls with girls, brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. Yeah. <laughs> another safeguard. Yes. So yeah. um, have people in your life. Well, because the opposite of transparency is concealing. Yes. And that's exactly what leads to more falling. Yeah. Is concealing that sin. And before you can get to transparency, there's got to be honesty with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of people who 
they they well, and I say a lot of people. This has been me. This has been this is all of us. We we have certain areas where we are not honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's our loophole out of accountability. Yeah. So be honest. Well, and that comes from a place of humility. Yes. Because you have to, in humility, admit that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But pride, <laughs> which is the opposite of humility, does not want to admit that you're a sinner. And I think that's where a lot of pastors struggle is that they say, well, I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader of this great movement, and I can't admit that I've been sinning, and I can't admit that I have these terrible thoughts or these uh, sinful tendencies if I don't keep them in check. And I think that's, you know, again, that place where all of a sudden you're not setting those safeguards because you have that pride in your heart going, I can't fall from this. And next thing you know, you're taking a tumble. And I would say on the flip side of that, it, in some cases, it might not be a place of pride. It might be a place of... Arrogance? I can't know. Oh, okay. not at all. I, I think that there are certain cases where a pastor knows that that if if all he's been preaching about, people found out that he struggles there too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a human too. Oh, yeah. That would actually be... they In some way, I can see how that would be a burden of people can't know this mm-hmm. and, and being very selective in who in who they can trust to confide in. Mm-hmm. So I, I could totally see that being a case too. Yeah. And, and that's a burden that has to be overlooked to grow properly. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, a teacher of God's word. Um, you're a human just like any of us. None of us are immune no. to, to these things that can happen to us. No. And, and you got to be honest and, and find someone. I, under, I get it. I get it. You can't trust everybody. Yeah. There are gossips out there. There are people that if they did, some people might pretend to be your accountability partner, mm-hmm. but they judge you and you can see through that. And so I get that you can't trust everybody, but you got to find someone you can so that you can be accountable to. Yeah. I feel like it goes even back to like the screw tape letters where C.S. Lewis was writing from the perspective of Satan or a high profile um, demon yeah. writing to an underling saying, make sure you target this in this believer's life yeah. because to them it was obvious of what you were going to struggle with. And I feel like, yeah. you know, there has been that, especially with some pastors where all of a sudden it's vanity or it's um, sexual you know, misconduct or whatever it is, that's the thing that was really um, appealing to them that they, the forbidden fruit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's something, it's not just pastors. Uh, Unfortunately, they're the ones we hear about. Yes. But um, this, this is a thing for believers. And so, um, Josh, I know I have, I have a dissection of Matthew 7, which I found to be the best breakdown of, of Jesus presenting accountability so I, I I can go through that in a minute. Do you want to dive into any more examples or? No, I say we go with that. Okay. I think um, as you were talking about, like find somebody to trust. I think we'll get back to that when we talk about selecting an accountability partner. Okay. But why don't we go there and then we'll just roll. Okay, cool. So this this surprised me that I found this chapter to be, but I really do believe it's connected to accountability. Um, and it's Matthew chapter 7. And Jesus, from what I can see, he gives us five steps to understanding proper accountability. And he presents it in a way for us to, to first look inward and then outward to mm-hmm. others. So I just want to quickly skim that chapter. Um, the first thing Jesus points out in accountability is, is verses 1 through 6. And it's properly weighing out judgment. 
uh, this is brilliant because the first thing somebody thinks when being approached about sin is, hey, you're judging me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, don't you don't judge lest you be judged. We hear that a lot. Uh, Jesus isn't saying here that we shouldn't approach someone about sin. He's saying that if it's going to be beneficial, you have to make sure that you're not the hypocrite. You're not a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if someone's confronted in 100% truth. If, if you um, are living in an obvious sin, or are dealing with an obvious sin, and you approach them about theirs, you're not going to be heard or respected. So that's that's the first point he lays out there. And uh, number two is um, found in verses 7 through 12. Uh, these are very familiar as well. Leading into this portion would be the don't cast your pearls before swine. Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, the door will be opened. Uh, if your son asks for bread or, or fish, you wouldn't give him a stone or snake. These are all very trademark scriptures that yes. we're familiar with. Offering truth to someone with a type of discernment needed to make a real difference. Uh, so we ask God for discernment and how to offer truth. It will be given. We seek the will of God. He will give it. We knock at that door of knowledge and it'll be opened. And after we approach that as our foundation, we discover how to treat those as we would like to be treated, mm-hmm. which is how he ends that portion. Mm-hmm. So this is this is kind of a, a way to approach somebody with accountability. The third step is verse 13, where we see um, that most actually won't receive accountability. Um, yes, we're still to share the truth um, at every opportunity, but don't get discouraged when you don't see amazing results from that labor. Because we can try as hard as we want to reveal the truth to people, whether in the form of accountability or simply sharing the gospel. But the fact is, as Jesus tells us in this verse 13, wide is the gate, many choose to destruction, narrow is the gate, very few find it. Mm. And then the fourth step is uh, 15 through 23. And this step is how we recognize those who are accounted for in the body of Christ. This step comes after we have checked our own hearts first, after we have asked, seeked, and knocked for the discernment of God. And it's at this point where we can start seeing those who claim to be uh, believers who they really are. Obviously, only God knows the heart, but we are commanded to inspect each other for fruit that should be growing. Mm. This is accountability 101. This is where we can approach a brother or sister and lovingly ask them why they don't have certain characteristics that a Christian should have. Um, Especially maybe for a Lone Ranger Ranger Christian that's been a Christian for a really long time that should have moved past milk by now. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff like that. Uh, James 5.20 says, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from a death and and cover over a multitude of sins. And this is the very reason we hold each other accountable. It's because we should care. It's not about rule following. No. Um, And then the fifth step in understanding accountability is uh, 24 through 29, the rest of the chapter, uh, where Jesus tells us, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a man who built his house on the rock. And I think everybody can finish it from there. Mm -hmm. Wise man on the rock, foolish man on the sand. Um, So the point is to act on the, the four previous truths that he just laid out. Check your own heart first. Seek God's approach. Uh, you know, get discernment. Three, understand that your concerns might not be received well at all. And four, be aware of what a true Christian looks like, and we shouldn't exclude ourselves from any of that criteria. So I, I really found that to be just a fantastic chapter on on accountability. You know, first you check yourself, and then you approach with God's discernment and all that. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's uh, something that I thought would be beneficial. No, I. 
I think it leads right into what I was going to say, which does not have a whole chapter dedicated to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> preach the sermon. Uh, just the essentials of accountability, um, trust, and the ability to relate. That's what you want to find in a partner. You also want to find somebody who is good at active listening, not someone who's like, oh, that's interesting, but let me tell you about my life. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's not good. Um, you want to find someone with a non judgmental attitude. Not someone who's going to look at, at you and go, oh my gosh, you're, you're unredeemable. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. that's important. And then another as uh, a person with a loving heart of discipleship and restoration, because whoever you choose as your accountability partner should be invested not only in your growth, but their growth as well. And so, I mean, like you said, it's a two way street. It's not just one or the other. It's it's trying to grow together. Yes. And so, you know, those are for me, some very simple essentials, but they, I believe they tie into what you just spoke about. Yeah. No, they're very important because you got to be able to trust who your accountability partner is. And yeah. And sometimes, you know, Josh and I, this is something we've been talking about a lot before we've even started recording here. We, uh, we found, we found some brothers uh, claimed to be brothers the other day that um that really it baffled us in, in and it's because they they were burned in this whole accountability thing mm-hmm. and uh, obviously we don't we're not calling anybody out but it it really opened my eyes to to see some of the lifelong things they took away in rebellion to the faith because of bad accountability. Mm-hmm. They felt judged. They felt all this stuff. And it and it built up on them like, like barnacles on a ship over the years. And it just weighed them down. And that's this is an important topic because we know that it can be abused. Yes. We know that it can go too far. But we know that if it's not there, it is detrimental. It is poison if it's not there Mm -hmm. so it's one of it's a balanced topic as they all are but especially in this one yeah well the way that they were describing the accountability that they had witnessed yes or they had experienced it reminded me of first peter 5 2 and 3 where peter is encouraging pastors to shepherd the flock of god which is among you serving as overseers not by compulsion but willingly uh, not for dishonest gain but eagerly mm-hmm. and essentially he was saying don't be lording over people or don't be super controlling yeah. which is specifically forbidden in scripture and i feel like the the accountability that they experienced was the person who wanted to control their lives and almost wanted to keep them in that baby Christian state because then they felt superior when they said, well, why did you fall? Why did you do this? And you're not as good as I am. And I feel like just hellfire from just that individual, because that is the worst way to, to treat someone. I mean, it, it, to me, it conjures up thoughts of Jesus saying, it'd be better for a millstone to be yeah. uh, wrapped around your neck and thrown into the depths of the ocean versus leading someone um, young astray like that. Yeah, no, for sure. That That's how cults get started. Yeah, it's exactly how cults get started. And the, the thing is about the gospel, guys, and y'all don't need me to tell you this if you're a believer, but it is something that comes out of us naturally from god it, it's not something if if you're if someone's approach is to of accountability if you want to call it that air quotes 
is to to force you to follow some rules and that's the accounting then then you're not saved yes uh, and I don't mean to be so blunt, but that, that's the fact. If you're if you're being forced through accountability to follow a rule book, and that's your extent of the knowledge of your salvation, you don't know the gospel. No. That's not the gospel. You're walking in legalism and religion, not in a relationship with God. Yes, exactly. And so if that's you out there and you've you have been in that your whole life, you're like, Well, that's that's the church I go to. <laughs> that's, that's the way I grew up. <laughs> you you should know uh, that there is freedom in, in being saved in knowing Christ. Yeah. And, and yes, accountability is to be there, but it's not to make sure you remain in the circle of salvation. Mm-hmm. It, it's something so that you don't stray. Uh, it's a, like Josh said, it's a building of one another, a two-way street. It's yeah. iron sharpening iron. Yeah. And, and then you mentioned cults. I was listening to someone the other day talking about them leaving the Jehovah's Witness faith. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like this, the things that he was saying. He said he would go see a movie, whether it was PG or PG-13. If they didn't feel like it was proper content, they would have an elder meeting yeah. and they would basically batter him for it. Yeah. And every single life choice he made had to be filtered through their approval system, which is not a way that anyone needs to live. Yeah. Because that's not what accountability is. Accountability is not about a list of don'ts. It's not only a list of admitting things that we shouldn't be doing. While we might find ourselves confessing our sins to one another, that's not the only purpose of accountability. The goal is to grow together. We're stronger together than we'll ever be on our own. Yeah. And if, if that's all that ever comes up in your accountability meetings is your faults, yeah. then something's way off. Yeah. And that and that's the balance, isn't it? Because there there's also that that first moment of, of defense of yourself yes. when you feel attacked. Mm-hmm. Because a natural you know, a natural response to being attacked is defense, you know, is shooting back. And so mm-hmm. um, sometimes accountability can be very hard because what you the truth hurts sometimes. And mm-hmm. if you're struggling with something, if you are involved with something, uh, you need to be able to get yourself to a place where you can be honest with your accountability partner and discuss it and, and know that there's not going to be judgment, even though you feel that there is yeah. whatever you've got to, you got to, you know, it, it, it stinks yeah. having to talk about something yeah. like that, but um, it is so healthy for growth and, and necessary. Well, in in speaking about partnership versus lowering over, we need an accountability partner, not an accountability daddy. Yeah, exactly. We don't need somebody going, what did you do? Yeah. And and how can I make you feel bad about doing it? Yeah. Having a mentor is different than having an accountability partner. Yes. If you want somebody that can give you wisdom that's older than you and all that, that's not your accountability daddy. Yes. That's kind of what it made me think of. Uh, an accountability partner is best someone your own age, yes. somebody that y'all can re- you can relate together with. Yeah, uh, someone either your own age or slightly, slightly beyond you. Somebody who's maybe been there, you know, but just somebody who can speak into your life. Yeah, and and relates to Jesus, like emulates Jesus, spiritually mature. Yeah, well, and I mean. For that person that's slightly beyond them, they would need that too. So yeah, well. I, honestly, I think it's just somebody that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, just somebody that can think 
on your level that you that you can relate to. As you're, a you're my accountability partner, and you're slightly beyond me. So, no, <laughs> I don't know. That's not true. That's well, not. It should be somebody of discretion who desires to see you grow in their faith and yeah. is not a gossip at all. Yes, absolutely. And that's the big one because, yeah. um, man, that's a, that's a gossip's you know <laughs> wonderland if they can find somebody to give them secrets. Yes. And that's yeah. the very type of person that pushes people away from accountability. Exactly. So good, good point there. Very yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I fully agree. You know, I'd never seen this before, but I came across a list of questions that we should be asking when we get together with our accountability partner. And I thought these were really powerful. And I was like, man, Stephen and I should be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, here's a few of them. So what principle impacted your life from your quiet times with the Lord this week? I thought, wow, that's really powerful. That is. Uh, Do you feel you have been faithful to share your faith this week? Have you spent daily time with God in Bible reading and prayer? Have you given 100% effort in your job and home responsibilities? Have you been able to express love to those around you? Have you had opportunity to express encouragement and praise to your spouse, kids, or another family member? How has your thought life been? Has it been pure? What was your biggest joy this week? How were you tempted and how did you respond? And then lastly, what have you done to enhance your relationship with your spouse? I mean, sometimes guides like this are really helpful, especially to guys where we're like, uh, I don't know what, you know, or, I mean, I think about the same thing that every guy asked each other was, how are you or what's going on? Yeah. You know, and it's so easy to say I'm good or nothing. Yeah. I would say if you're searching for an accountability partner and and you're kind of new to that person, a list like this is very helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it can, for people who know each other well, can be a little becoming legalistic. Uh It could lead to that. It can. But that's a great list. And those questions to ask are great great questions because um, those are are pretty, um, what's the word I'm thinking for here? Direct? Uh, Not direct, but... um, Specific? Yeah, they're specific. They're specific in your walk with God. And if and if a lot of those things and those questions are lacking, that's a great icebreaker. Revelatory. That's exactly the word I was looking okay. for. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Uh, revelatory. Um, but no, seriously, that's, those are fantastic questions to ask because um, those are areas that if you're suffering, that, that's a great avenue to talk with your accountability partner in. And... Uh, it, it, it'd be weird if you knew someone really well to sit down in that formality. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that list. I just think of sometimes breaking the ice and saying, hey, what, str- what sin are you struggling this week that you're hesitant to talk about? Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of times if you don't ask, mm-hmm. they don't want to say. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot to to offer that up. You got to want help, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's that's yeah. part of it. And that's part of what accountability is: is it it's a two way street, and you have to be willing to share. And if you can see in your account, you know, your your I hate to use the word partner, um, if you can see in your brother <laughs> or sister that they might be in a place where they they're holding back because of embarrassment or because 
uh, they don't know how to deal with it, then, mm-hmm. then that's your place to step in lovingly mm-hmm. and, and inquire about that. Say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, yeah. If they, because it's hard for us to offer stuff up sometimes. Yeah. So. And if you don't want to say partner, I'll just go back to like junior high school camp and it's the buddy system. The buddy system. I see. <laughs> I, I'm very familiar with that. I've got kids now. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buddy system's good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and man. I just, I pray that this is helping because I, yeah. I know for some accountability can be a scary thing or it yeah. can be a foreign thing, but it is part of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And it's something that God has called us to do because <laughs> there's so many verses. Um, I'll just finish with one. Uh, Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a, such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And then here's the verse, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, that's a fantastic Walk verse. together, yeah. hand in hand. Yeah, you know, don't try to do this on your own because look at Ravi Zacharias. Yeah, look at Carl Lentz. Mm-hmm. Look at Bob Coy. Look at the guys that we can't even mention because there's too many to mention, and it's heartbreaking to even bring up their names. Yeah, and, you know they were famous. That's why we saw them. But like you said earlier, we don't. There's you can't even number the ones who 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 weren't who were just believers who mm-hmm. just fell. Yeah. and walked away. From the faith, and, and on that note, uh, we mentioned the the people that we heard talking about being burned from accountability. Uh, Josh found out that one of them did. They walked away from the faith because yeah. of this issue, and it's something that we we gotta properly balance it. We can't discard it. We gotta have it in our lives, and we can't abuse it, and we can't be abused by it. Because if we do, we'll walk away mm-hmm. if we get trapped in that whirlpool of, of garbage. So um, we just really, God laid it on on uh, really Josh's heart to, to do this episode. And I, I couldn't agree more that this is such an important topic. Um, we don't have to dive in too deep to understand this. We, we need it in our lives. Yep. Yep. Safeguards are there for a reason. And God would have us to do that to protect our family, protect our marriages, protect our jobs, protect our faith. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what we have. And if we can't make it to heaven without with our faith, then I don't know what's going to happen. Then nothing else matters. Exactly. So James Hetfield would say. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Okay, Snakebirds, uh, that was our episode on accountability. And we pray that you're out there and you're finding a a buddy Mm -hmm. to do this with. And again, we're not being chauvinistic when we say guys with guys and girls with girls. It's really just so that there's not another opportunity for sin in that intimate moment of revealing your heart to someone else. Because there's danger there. So um, we pray that if there's anything that you need to communicate with us, like, hey, you're saying, hey, I'm having trouble finding an accountability partner. You know what? We will fill in that gap until God brings somebody for you. If you want, we'll do Zoom calls with you. Uh, We'll text back and forth. Um, You know, just reach out. You can uh, hit us up on Facebook by sending us a message on our uh, Facebook page, or you can also send us an email directly at connect at beasnakebird.com. We would love to hear from you, and and we would love to walk with you, even if it's in a struggle. Yeah. We're going to stand shoulder to shoulder with you and support you in whatever you're going through. Yeah, is that's so true, Josh. You know, if 
as weird as it might be to reach out over the airwaves to what might seemingly be a couple of talking heads, <laughs> we, we really are. We're, we're fellow brothers of yours. So mm-hmm. uh, please reach out. We would love to guide you in. in you, you would guide us because it's a two-way street. Yes. And it, it's a learning process for us all as we are sanctified in the blood of Jesus. So we just, uh, we're glad that you're tuning in. Please reach out to us. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. So snake birds, always remember whatever you do. Wherever you go. No matter what life throws at you. There's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. Find an accountability buddy and be a snake bird. bird.